My name is Tanya Henderson, and my definition of relentless is continuing forward no matter what is in your way. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast. I am Kyle Dubay, your host, and on today's episode, this is very, very cool. We have, I think this is the first time that we have somebody who was the first of something in Canada, which is very, very cool. We are very excited to have Tanya Henderson of the BC Lions with us, and Tanya is was the first full-time female coach hired in the Canadian Football League. Tanya, all the way from Vancouver, British Columbia. It's great to have you here. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, this is great. Listen, um, uh, we've heard about you and, you know, through a couple contacts that we have, we're able to reach out. You were gracious enough to say you'd come and chat with us about your journey. Um, Let's get right into it. Tanya, you are an Alberta girl, grew up in Alberta. Correct. Tell us a bit about that. Where did you grow up and what, you know, what was the community like, all that type of stuff? Yeah, so I grew up in a really small town called Forsberg, Alberta, so two hours southeast of Edmonton, uh, 800 people, probably even smaller now, Um, and I actually grew up on a farm, long-time family farm, so really grew up very much in the middle of nowhere, farming community, Um, so obviously, like, from there to now has been, like, a huge shift, but uh, small town, like, I played all of the sports, I dance competitively, like there's just, there's not really a lot to do. So, you know, you really get into a lot of activities and, you know, keep yourself busy. And then obviously still like, you know, I'm a farm kid. So there was, you know, you didn't have a job, but like you worked on the farm. So <laughs> yeah, you probably, you would have probably rather had a job than working so hard on the farm. Yeah. yeah. You know, at times, yeah, at times. However, like now I look back and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that was way better for like me to learn and grow as a human being yeah. than having any sort of job I could have had in that town. City slickers like me have no idea. Honestly, like I'm so, I'm, 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 I'm so soft. And, and I honestly think it's because I didn't have any opportunity to grow up on a farm or even go to a farm and visit relatives and like do work on a weekend once a year. You know what I mean? Um, we, uh, when, when I played hockey when I was a kid, we'd play like, you know, rural communities and my dad would coach sometimes and, and my dad would say, have fun with these guys. Cause they're all farm boys. Right. And, and it didn't matter how big they were. They were way tougher and stronger than any of us any of us you know you could just tell so so you grew up what kind of farm was it cattle grain purebred um purebred cattle okay wow wow so kind of a a little bit of a very alberta very alberta pinnacle alberta yeah yeah now do you come from a big family if you don't mind me asking no i come from a very small family okay okay because i'm just wondering what you said you said you played sports growing up all the different sports you did dance and stuff like that what what attracted you to the athletics the athletics but in particular football yeah i mean growing up like i was i had no awareness really of football to be honest like i think we played maybe like flag football once or twice in gym class okay um but other than that like we didn't have football like i played basketball i played volleyball um a little bit of soccer, like sure. even small towns, it's like your sporting options are quite limited. Sure. You're playing with I, the same kids every year in and out. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And if not everyone plays, you don't have enough for a team. Right, right. <laughs> so there's that too. Uh, but I don't know. I like that's actually a really good question about what drew me to sports. Um, Thank you. I, I have think, I have a lot of good questions, Tanya. Thank you for complimenting well, I'm, me. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh shoot! Now there's pressure. Now there's pressure. <laughs> really set yourself up there. Well, but was there was there somebody in your life that was hardcore into football? Like were they were you, was football on every weekend? Was the CFL on? Was was the NFL on every Sunday afternoon at your house? No, no. Like I my fa- my family is not a football family. Okay, I didn't. I don't even think I would have watched a single football game as a kid. So. When was the TSN turning point for you <laughs> to go hardcore into football where you are now a CFL coach? Yeah. So my first experience with football actually was because when the NBA locked out in like, what was that, 2009 or something? I was like, oh, well, now what do I watch? And I just happened to like flip past football and I started watching it. And I was like, this looks cool, but I have actually no idea what was going on. Right. Um, so I did start watching it a little bit. But again, like it was just it looked cool, but I didn't I had no understanding. Yeah, you didn't understand the rules. You didn't get it. You know, all that stuff. Right. No. Right. No. You're so like, like just literally so, never been around it. So like so, me now, exactly like me now, when I watch football, I'm like, why did they blow? I know when there's a tackle or when there's a touch, but other stuff, I'm like, I have no idea what the rules are. No, Because full full disclosure here, and I, and I hope this doesn't bother you, I'm not a football person. I'm not. So I, I'm kind of like the way you were in 2009. But back to you, you start watching it. You're like, that's pretty cool. And then what? Yeah. So a couple of years went by and like, Again, like I still watched it here and there, but didn't really think much of it. And I just went to school in Calgary. I moved back to Edmonton and I started working. And I saw a billboard one day that said women's tackle football team, no experience, whatever. And I drove by it a couple of times because it was on the way to work. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like I I played a lot of like rec basketball and it was just kind of like, this isn't the same as playing competitive. I miss sports, but like, this is probably about the same. And I didn't think much of it. Then a couple weeks later I had, um, cause I was working at a gym at that time and I had a client or a soon to be client come in and they were like, Oh, she's training for team Canada for women's tackle football. And I was like, pardon me. Hmm. What was that? <laughs> Um, and they're like women's tackle football. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I thought of the sign. And then I was like, there's Team Canada. So I met with her and I talked to her about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, I also played for the Edmonton team. And so that really piqued my interest. And I literally I remember I remember exactly where I was standing in that gym. And I was like, I'm going to play for Team Canada. Like no experience in football, hadn't played, hadn't even set foot on the field. And I was like, I want to do that. Because it was accessible, which I knew, versus like obviously playing basketball or volleyball or whatever sport at Team Canada, like coming from a small town, like you just don't have the opportunities to do so. So I was like that ship had sailed. But with football, that door to be a competitive athlete opened back up. Okay, so I'm going to stop right here. This is a relentless mindset that you have because, and this is why I say this, Tanya. Because you had never played the sport. You had watched it a few times. <laughs> kind of interested, but not hardcore. And you meet this girl who says, oh, yeah, I'm trained for Team Canada. And you're like, I'm going to do that. That's, to me, mind-blowing how you got that in your brain and then you just went for it. So yeah. what happened? Like you just called the Edmonton team. You're like, hey, 
you need any players? Let's go. I want to play. Yeah. So my client at the time, she convinced me to come out and try it out. So I went out to my first practice and the rest was kind of history. Okay. But like what, what, what happens there? You walk on, you're like, Hey everybody. <laughs> and like, do they give you equipment? You didn't have to show up with your own equipment. Like they, no. give, they give you all the stuff and they're, but were you like, what? I don't know what the positions are. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to run? Like, well, how does this work? So I was lucky. Uh, it was like right at the beginning of the season. So I wasn't jumping in when they had like full on started. And because we play, the women play and girls typically play in the like flipped season of the boys yeah. and the men. So we play in like May, June. Okay. So we practice as soon as we can get outside with sure. the snow. Sure. Um, but for a lot of the time we spend indoors. So yeah. my first practice was actually just indoors, no okay. equipment, okay. just like basic skills. Okay. What position did you end up playing that year? That year, I started out at D-line for like the first game, and then they flipped me into linebacker. Okay. Uh, how athletic are you to just jump in? You've never played. This is mind-boggling to me, to be honest with you. And I'll tell you why, because I'm a hockey guy. And I understand that skating is very different than running. Okay, I get that. But I just can't imagine somebody like starting hockey, never playing, watching it, you know, four times on TV and just jumping, even on a beer league team, just jumping in and just playing and just being part of it all. So you end up being a linebacker. And and how long did you play on that team? And did Team Canada ever happen? So I played until 2019 would have been my last season. Okay. Unfortunately, we didn't get to play in 2020 or 2021 because right. of COVID. Right. Um, women's sports just got like dis- disproportionately impacted by yeah. all of that. Yeah. So 2022 came around and I was actually, I was really excited. I was like, okay, back on the field. That year was also supposed to be um, Team Canada. There was a lot of girls football going on. And then like my first practice I think after that, my first practice was like my last practice because that's when I found out that I was going to BC. Okay. I feel like we jumped a lot here because you were playing. You were, were you going to school as well? When I was playing, no, I was just working. Okay. So you were working. You were also coaching though, because you didn't just like play on the Edmonton team and then get a coaching job in the CFL. Like you had to be coaching. So talk to us about your coaching stuff. Now, first of all, unbelievable story of how you started playing football. You're, you're obviously athletic. You were good enough. They, you became like one of the, one of the stars on the team. And, and, and then you started coaching, but where did you start coaching? Because I'm assuming you were maybe coaching a little bit of female, but there was not, much female tackle football happening in this community. I know that for sure. Yeah, no, they're like, as a player, there's really no opportunity to coach women's football or girls football at that time because you you are the only team right uh, in the area. So I started coaching high school at St. Francis Xavier was my first, um, I guess, coaching opportunity. And I stayed with them basically up until I left as well. So for, and that's here in Edmonton, Alberta. And so, and that's pretty busy. I know some folks that, that coach high school football, like it's a big commitment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big commitment, but that's actually something that I really enjoy about football is the season is much shorter than other sports. So it's like, 
yeah, it's a lot of commitment, but it's a much shorter period of time than like something like basketball or hockey that's going on for like five, six, seven months. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you're coaching the high school, helping coach, you're an assistant coach. What, like what, what area were you coaching in? Again, you're going to have to educate me because I like, I'm going to try to talk the jargon, but I don't fully know all the jargon. What, uh, what, what, what part of the team were you coaching? I started off coaching linebackers because that was what I played. So it was the most, what I was the most familiar with. Yeah. Uh, Throughout my time there, I went from linebackers. I focused a little bit more on D line and then I went to O line, which is kind of where I ended up taking like a full position over for a while. Okay. And D line Um, for those, for those listeners that don't don't know is defensive line. Correct. And O line is offensive line. And there, if I'm not mistaken, there are linebackers on both of those lines. Right? No. no. There's linebackers. On line. D-line. There's defensive line. Okay. Is a position. Okay. Linebacker is a position. Okay. Defensive back is a position. Oh, gosh. I'm starting and to And then really there's confused. offensive line. Okay. Running backs, fullbacks, receivers, quarterbacks. Any halfbacks in there? Any quarterbacks? There's a quarterback. We know that. Yeah, like halfback. halfbacks. Halfbacks is defensive back. No third backs, though. No third backs. No, no. To be stopped at the fractions with half and quarter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just I'm, I listen. I'm just asking questions because again, you know, I'm I actually not, never considered that. That's actually like you quite might interesting. listen. You might change the game because of what we're talking about here. There might be a third back, but there might be a position that we can create, and it's going to be we'll call it the sneaky Pete, and it'll just be a really sneaky like third back. The other team's like, why is that player there? You can't put more players on that are allowed. I know that. I think there's 12, right? 12 players on the field, right? Correct. Hey, yeah. that's pretty good. I knew that. And, yeah, and, but, and But one of those players now is going to be a third back, and they're going to do like some sneaky Pete stuff where like we're gonna, you and I just potentially change the Canadian Football League. You know, I'm here for it. I'm all about like how can we like slightly change this and do things differently yeah. instead of just staying in the same patterns. Yeah, why are we, you know what? Let's call it what it is, Tanya. Why are we in the old boys club here? Right? Let's bring some new stuff to the game. Oh my god, I feel like we're inspired by this. Okay, back <laughs> to you. You're coaching D-line, O-line with the high school guys, and you must be just educating yourself nonstop. Like, I'm assuming now, if you're coaching, like, you are watching so much video. You are probably watching so much football now, whatever. It's on TV. You are now embedded in football, is is my assumption here. Yeah. So, I would actually say, like, when I first started coaching, A, there's, like, very minimal opportunities to actually learn. Right. Is what I figured out very early on. Now, is that um, is that a Canadian thing? I'm assuming that's a Canadian thing. Because I'm assuming down in America, there are tons of opportunities to learn football. Yeah, I would say it's a Canadian thing. There's just like not as many clinics and like right. mentorship opportunities as there is in the States. And even when you're like Googling, like there's just a lot more material for the American game than there is the Canadian game. Right, and right. as much as there's a lot of similarities, they're also still very different. Um, so that was actually something I figured out very early on is like, I really need to like lean into the people I know that know football if I want to like learn things because it's actually not very easily accessible. And as much as there's like coaching clinics and like the coaching certification, there's learning there, but there's not as much as I would have wanted and like kind of what I needed. Mm. And the thing was too, is like, as much as I played, I was also, I wasn't coming from like growing up and playing football since I was like seven. So all of that, like taken for granted knowledge 
I didn't have. Right, right. You, yeah, you, you didn't have the knowledge because you. Let's. It is what it is. You lacked the experience of even playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because how old were you yeah. when you started playing? I was twenty three. Twenty three when you started playing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. again. That's incredible to me. So essentially, though, you're also looking for some mentors, right? You're looking for some people that are going to take you under their wing and just really teach you the ins and outs and just the little nuances of the game that that you're not learning at any of these kind of clinics that that are okay, but they're not super great. Mm-hmm. Did, uh, did, yeah. you, did you have some good mentors? Yeah, I've had some really solid mentors over the years. Uh, but again, like as much as I learned from them and like they helped like contribute to my career. There was always that like missing piece and that disconnect of like, they just, they lose that, that space of like that kind of layer of knowledge. So they're talking up here and I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. But like, I don't know what's here. Right. And like, they didn't really have all the time, the awareness or understanding of like, well, why don't you understand that? Because right. like to them, it was just like ingrained in their head. Right. right. Which for me was actually something that really benefited me as a coach. And like, I reflected on a lot because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, like I explained it, they should understand. Right. And it's like, okay, but if they, if they don't understand, then like you need to explain it in a different way. And I came from a personal training background. So coaching was something that I was doing already just in a slightly different capacity so i learned and picked up on a lot of that stuff and i would actually say like in my early career what i did and what i learned and all the continuing education i did as a personal trainer probably contributed more to my ability to coach in the beginning than any of the football knowledge did that's so interesting and and realistically there's coaching and then there's also teaching right and as you know as a professional coach Every player is different and there's going to be some players that you can coach or teach the same way, but quite often you have to explain things or do things differently. Everyone has a different learning style, right? Which is, which is, and I really think the high schoolers, that's a good, good training ground for you because they're, they are way more different in their styles compared to professional athletes who've been coming up and coming up and coming up. Sorry to interrupt the Relentless Podcast, everybody, although this is a very good message. We want you to go and check out our Relentless Merchandise Store. That's right, we have launched a merchandise store for all of our Relentless garb. We've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got crew necks, we've got hats, we've got toques, and we're going to be coming out with some more merchandise in the very near future. So please, www.ucan.ca, that's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. When you get to the website, you look up to the top right corner. I think it says, buy our merch. Hit that button, boom, it'll take you there. We really want you to wear our stuff. One, because every dollar raised goes directly into our programming for the young people we work with. And two, because it's a conversation starter for you. When you wear it, people are going to go, what's relentless? You can then brag about how you support an incredibly good organization helping young people. And then you can talk about how you are relentless in your life. That's what we want. We don't want us to just be relentless. We want you to be relentless too. Thanks for your support and we appreciate you helping us out. Now, back to the show. Is it okay if, like, I'm going to make some assumptions here and and you 
in some ways, I'm glad we're not in person because if I make an assumption that offends you, you can't punch me. Um, were you, and I'm going to use language that is not cool anymore in 2024, all right? And just know that I'm just thinking back to when you first started. Mm-hmm. Were you yeah. treated like, oh, this is just a girl? Like, what does oh, she yeah. know? Like, 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 I'm assuming high school boys were like, what the hell does this girl, what is this girl doing here? Because that is our culture in many ways mm-hmm. still. That must have been very hard at times. Or you were like, oh, whatever. It is what it is. Like, what was that like for you? You know, the one thing that came with growing up in a farming family is that I didn't really, and even like a small town to an extent is like, I didn't actually really understand the concept of like the fact that people thought there was things boys could do and then like things that girls couldn't do and vice versa. Right. I didn't really understand that concept until I like moved to the city. It wasn't something that I really saw or like reflected on or noticed. Like I'm sure it was like there, but I just didn't have that awareness. Yeah. That's so interesting to me because me as a city guy, I would think a farming community would have way more defined gender roles. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's yeah. well, it, just the things that you see on TV or the things, even people that I know. You know, I know farmers and it's like, yeah, I'm the man. I'm out there working the fields and my wife's in the house doing like it's it's it just seems like a very defined gender role. But I love that you're like, I didn't really see that or maybe didn't have the awareness to pay attention to until I got to the city, which is very interesting to me. Yeah, I like I mean, to each their own, like everyone's going to function a little bit differently. But I just like everything that I saw my dad do, my mom did and everything I saw my mom did, my dad did in some capacity. So, and like, even me and my little brother, like there wasn't really things that he did that I didn't and I did that he didn't. Yeah. yeah. You guys were like, you were a unit. Something's got to get done. Who's around to do it? Yeah. Which is very cool. But you come to the city, you start coaching football and I'm assuming some of these, uh, you know, high school knuckleheads were, (laughs) were probably, and who knows, maybe you didn't hear much of it. Maybe you did hear some of it, you know, but I'm assuming that you went through that. Yeah. It like. You could definitely tell in the beginning that there was some like hesitation. They were like, mm, I don't really understand. Right. Like they weren't like rude. They were just honestly like confused. Sure. Which I can like empathize with. And I know I remember when like the head coaches announced like who I was in my background and they're like, this is Tanya. She's played women's tackle football. She played for team Alberta. She played for team Canada. Um, she's done X, Y, and Z whatever you could see like when they heard that they were like oh okay like she's she's done things like she's been places she's she's accomplished yeah and i think like there's assumption a lot of the time not even assumption but it's just like because it's not common knowledge that there's women's tackle football teams and women's tackle opportunities that people just assume not even out of like ignorance they're just like i don't i've never heard about it so it must not exist right Right. So like you could kind of see like the gears turning in their brain then. And then really like, yeah, there were some guys that just, I never really won over, but I was like, you know what, if I can make it through the season, all I have to do is make an impact on the ones that I can and it will just roll. And I could tell then the next season when I went back, all the kids that I had coached when like kids coming up were like, "Mm, what is she doing here? They were like, no, 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 no. Like, let's not. And you could see that, like, and then the third year, 
as like in the fourth year is like everyone like just came up and that was just like part of it. Well, it was, it was what it should have been in the, it was normal. Yeah, it became, exactly. It became normal. And that's really you doing that made it normal, Mm -hmm. which it should have been anyways, but let's call it what it is. It wasn't normal at the time. It wasn't. And so that's, what's inspiring about your story. And I, I've read a couple articles you've done, some interviews, and you're very humble. And even on here, I, I can tell by the way you talk, you're fairly humble. Okay, so I'm going to pump your tires a little bit here. And we haven't even got to the CFL yet, but what you were doing at the time, you know that. And I'm not just talking about f- like young females or males; young people in general were looking at you in the beginning, like, "What the hell is going on here?" Why is there a girl out there on the field probably wearing headsets and doing like, why is there some girl? But then it became normal. And that to me is what's so cool about your story. And again, I know you don't think you're like this pioneer of this type of stuff, but, but in the Edmonton area, you, you, you were, you are. So where did the CFL come from? from being a high school coach. And what were you doing for work at the time, if you don't mind me asking? Like, what was your full-time job? Personal training. Personal training, okay. Yeah. Well, personal training, and then I started working, I guess, like two or three years before CFL. Um, I worked in a minor football association in Edmonton and another non-for-profit organization. And what were you... Sports-related. Okay, so what were you doing with the... So you were working, like, two, three jobs. Um, plus coaching the football, what, what were you doing for the minor football association? I was the technical director. Okay. Um, so I like scheduled, organized okay. all of the things. Okay. Football yeah. Related. yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. How, how did the CFL come about? Like, did you get so, a call? Did someone call them? Like, what's the deal? So in 2018, I went to the NFL women's career forum. Okay. Went. I got selected to go. Not everyone just gets to go. Yeah. So I went down to that. And where was that? It was in Florida. Okay, cool. And one of my Team Canada teammates, Laurence, was also there. And then there was two other Canadians. And so there was four of us in total. Everyone else was American. And, like, we all went down and we're like, oh, it's, like, NFL-related. And then we got down there and they were like, oh, we also brought the CFL down. So all, like, you four Canadians are going to spend your time with, like, the CFL people. Hmm. And at the time, I was like, this isn't, like, this isn't what I asked for. Like, this isn't what I thought this was going to be. So I was actually, like, in that moment, I was quite annoyed because I was like, why are you just, like, taking the Canadians and being like, here, go to CFL. Sure. Um, So... It was what it was. Um, so did the event, lots of really great connections, lots of really great conversations. Um, Randy, the commissioner, was there. Uh, Eric, who still, again, works for the CFL, he was there. And uh, Catherine Reishi, I think I'm pronouncing her last name right. I believe she's now working for the Browns, uh, Cleveland Browns, but because uh, she had been working in Montreal. So they were there, lots of great connections. Um, the whole thing was like, they're like, we're going to set you up with the interview, like, or not an interview, but like a meeting with your local team just to see like what opportunities are there, um, what, and what could come out of it. Like we'll support you in that. So I came back, they set me up with a meeting with the Edmonton Elks. Elks. And it didn't go anywhere. 
it wasn't overly positive at that time. And so I was actually like, you know what? I'm like not really interested in this pathway. I also like listening to like the whole like, oh, well, you have to come down to the States like NFL wise and like do this internship where you're going to be working for 18 hours a day. You're not really going to get paid. You're like all of that. And like, I understand the concept of like earning your space. Sure. But I like, and I couldn't really understand it at the time, but I was like, this just doesn't seem like, this doesn't seem right. Like I'm like, I have a really successful career up here. Don't really feel like walking away from it. Yeah to like work 18 hours. Right. Like I just don't for free for free. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For free. I'm like, I have a house, like I have like belongings. Yes. Like I, like, that just doesn't work for me. You have a life so, here. Exactly. Yeah. So at that time I was like, you know what? I think like maybe I should focus more on football in my community that just like aligns a little bit better with me and just makes a little bit more sense. And like, I didn't have that positive interaction at that time. So I was just kind of like, mm, I'm good. Because, I, because was so your, was your goal, was did, like, did you have a goal? Like when you started coaching, you're like, this is good. This is fun. I'm learning. I'm loving this. Did you think to yourself, I want to be a professional football coach? I wanted to. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And like, I would actually say that like the interaction I had with the Edmonton Elks staff member at that time who's no longer employed in the CFL made me think I couldn't do it at Let, that time. Let's throw because this I went let's, into let's, that room. Let's throw this person out of the bus. Who is that? No, just kidding. We won't say that. <laughs> um, um yeah, like at that time, like I went into that meeting and I was really confident, like, mm. like what can I do? Like how, like, what are the steps? Like, what does it look like for me to be able to get there? It wasn't you were excited. Anything. You were excited about it. Exactly. Let's go. And then I'm I got up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got lectured about how coaching is really, really hard. And like, you have to be away from your family and it's just very challenging. It's long hours and so on and so forth. And like, even though I knew like that wasn't true and that that wasn't something that like I couldn't work with, it was enough at that time for me to be like, mm. do you think so that this person was like basically trying to scare you off because mm -hmm. you're, because you're a woman? I know that's a little bit controversial. Like you don't want to be like, yeah, yeah, like you don't want to make it that much of a statement. But what you're saying to me sounds like he's almost going, listen, this is a lot. Like you're going to be away from home and you probably have to take care of home. Like this is hard on a person and you have things like it just sounds very belittling and very, um, I'm not going to, I don't want to go as far as saying misogynistic, but it sounds a little misogynistic to me. It does. Yeah, there's definitely like hints of that. Um, I mean, I will give benefit of the doubt yeah. that like he's not educated and like understanding of how all of that works because it is like obviously a very complex thing. But when you've worked in a sport that's like males always everywhere, yeah, I am quite like understanding that people don't get that and they because they're not seeing that you're a good person. however it doesn't excuse someone from also educating themselves and right. like being better but right. at the same time like it's also not productive for me to be like they're just terrible they're a horrible person like, you're, you're, like that's not productive either you're a good person you're I'm, I'm telling you this right now because you you could make those choices you could make those choices to to raise a stink and just be 
loud, but you thought, all right, people need to be educated. I'm going to have some grace for people that are not. Hopefully they will go and educate themselves, but I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to do this. Well, I would say at that time, like that's this, like where I can look, how I can look at things now has been a long time coming. I've not always looked at things in this capacity. Um, I've like hard swung to both sides Okay. um, where I've been like, oh no, like there's no barriers. There's no limitations on what women can do. Like what are, what is everyone talking about? Um, And I've swung all the way to the side of like being like, how dare you say that? Like you're the worst. And like, I've swung on both ends of the spectrum and I've like the last year or so I've like found myself a little bit more of a like productive space in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how can I actually create change? Because like, I've done the like, the yelling and screaming and like, why would you do that? And like, I've seen how that's not productive. I've also seen how it's not productive to like, not say anything. So it's interesting. I, I like that you said in the middle, just because I, I like being in the middle. It's actually kind of a nice place to be. Uh, some people say it's an easy place to be. Because you and I go, that's actually not because what you're trying to do in the middle is is listen to both sides of something and educate yourself hopefully on both sides of whatever this is, whatever issue we're talking about here. And if you can be in the middle to try to actually bring people together to talk and to educate one another, that's what the middle is for me. And it sounds to me like that's where you've landed. Yeah, exactly. You have to be able to hold duality. Like mm. Yes. To, to, to sit so far on one side, like that's, that's an ego thing. That's an ego thing taking over and like, no, my way is the only way. And this is the only way that is right. And it's the only way that makes sense. Right. And then having that no ability to like have some understanding of like, well, what is going through their mind and like, how can we actually like work together? Um, It's just like, it's the only way to get things done is to be able to like be somewhere in the middle and hold duality. And there's going to be places and times where like, you're going to sit more on one side. Sure. But like, I just, like you said, I disagree. It's not the easy place to be. The easy right. place to be is to say, this is what I believe. This is how it is. And that's the only way it yeah, is. Because I just think people can get stuck. You know, I think yeah. when you're in the middle, you aren't stuck. You're constantly moving, you know? Yeah. Okay. Back to back. To, Cause I keep railroading this. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> So now you 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 you've had like a, kind of a bad taste in your mouth after meeting with with the Elks, which this isn't a slam on the Elks. It just is what it is. And you think, okay, I'm just going to do more stuff in the community. Now, what happens? So I jump into community stuff, like, and definitely at that time, it was like very spiteful. It was like, I'm going to go out and do all of these things so that you feel like you made it. Like you made a mistake by saying no to yeah, me. You made like, it that bad, was yeah. like that initial driving factor. That's where that came from. Like it was like, okay, you said I couldn't do this. Like, let me show you. I'm just sure. going to do it differently. You made a bad decision. Hold my beer. Watch this. Basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like really how I've like accomplished quite a few things is like that mentality. I wouldn't yeah. say it's like the healthiest way to accomplish things. And I've like recognized that and like working on cleaning that up. But it's like been productive for me so far. It may You, you can say it may not be the healthiest, but it's actually such a good motivator. Mm-hmm. It's such a good motivator. And I just believe that in life we have to look at at what motivates us personally. That may not be a good motivator for other people. But I do believe it's, I've, I've had this in my life with the organization I run. We're small, 
We're not this great big massive thing. And I've had many people, I've had people recently tell me, we want to do a capital campaign to start a building. We've, I've had people go, no, nah, no, nah, you, you guys aren't, you're far away from being able to do that. And it, in, in, in certain moments, it kind of brings me down a little bit, but then I go, no, screw you. Watch mm-hmm. this, and you're going to be the first person I invite to the uh, the grand opening, because it that motivates me, and that to me sounds like what what has motivated you a lot in your life as well. Yeah, exactly. So like coming off of that, and also like 2017 would have been t- Team Canada, which it, like it shouldn't have been the thing that like really defined my confidence in the sport, but like being able like playing team Canada and being able to say it play on, played on team Canada, like made me a lot more confident in like approaching people about football opportunities. Cause it felt like, it felt like I had something on my resume right. that was like recognizable. Cause it was like, Oh yeah, I play women's tackle football. And people are like, I don't know what that is, but like team Canada, like everyone knows what that is. Yes. Yes. So I took a lot more like risks. I reached out a lot more. I started working with the provincial sport organization, football Alberta to like, well, what are they, what, what can we do? Like, how can we get some girl stuff rolling? I ended up coaching the uh, provincial girls flag team, um, 2018 and 2018. No, I don't know. Two years, either 2017, 18 or 19, somewhere in there. Okay. All blurs together after yeah, a while. Yeah. Uh, so I coached two girls flag teams, the team Alberta. Um, and after actually the first one, I had been talking to a gentleman from Manitoba where they have girls tackle football. And he was like, hey, you should get that started in Alberta. Mm. Then we can have a tournament. Mm. And like yeah. at that time, I was like, oh, yeah, like that's that's a lot. Um, but like we'll roll with it. So I went back to the provincial sport organization. and I was like, Kate, like, what can we do? Like, how can we get how can we make this happen? And he directed me to the minor sport organ- or minor football association, which I ended up working with. And he's yeah. like, go to their meeting, present it, like see what happens. How, how did that go over? Was it were they quite open to it? You know what? I was actually like, I like mentally prepped to have to argue my point over and over and over again. I thought of everything that they could come back at where they would say no. And I had an answer for it. And I went in there, I presented it and everyone was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. And, And that was one of the first times where I really realized like it clicked in my head that just because something's not being done doesn't mean that there's resistance to it. It just means that someone hasn't like moved on it. That's right. That's right. And so like that went and like we picked up in 2019 and started the girls league in Edmonton. That is awesome. The Relentless Podcast is brought to you by You Can Youth Services, which I am very proud to be a part of. You Can Youth Services is an organization that helps young people move out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. If you want to learn more about the incredible work that we do with some very vulnerable young people, please go to www.youcan.ca. That's www.youcan.ca. Okay. You've got the girls league going. You're doing all this stuff in the community. You've got your resume. It's built up. You're still coaching high school football or no? Yeah, I was still coaching, still high, coaching school football. high school football. Um, I You're... was doing some guest coaching with the Edmonton Huskies, the junior. Okay. The, 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 um, yeah, the male team. Uh, yeah. So now you're doing that. Uh, you're working 14 other jobs. You are relentless. You are going. You are going to make football, female football, tackle football happen in uh, Edmonton, in Alberta, in this let's go rock and roll, rock and roll. And then – you get 
the, the call, you get the interview, you get the tap on the shoulder. What happens for you to go to the CFL? Well, first, everything fell apart. Okay. When, when <laughs> and, I shouldn't laugh, but I was like, yeah. everything's going great. And you're like, actually, no, the, the, the wheels fell off the bus. Yeah. Yeah. No, first, everything fell apart. So like 2019, we launched the Girls League. Okay. We also were selecting... We were preparing for 2020 to be the first U18 girls nationals. Okay. Women's nationals, which I would have played in, were to be hosted by Sherwood Park. They would have been in 2020. Yeah. Um, My season of football with the Edmonton Storm would have been in 2020. Team Canada trials would have been in 2020. And 2021 was Team Canada in uh, Finland. Yeah. Girls football for 2020 was like we had almost tripled registration numbers from the first year um it was flying like everything was just like everything women's football was just going it was doing this yeah like you know t- the trajectory was was up yeah and then the pandemic hit mm. obviously like destroying a lot of things and like preventing a lot of things from happening but like to be way up here and have all of this stuff on the go and then it just like dropped off Right. And like I spent a long time, I had a lot of guilt, not about losing my season, but all of the girls who lost their season. Right. Because like they were heartbroken and I was like, what can I do? And like, obviously, like early on in the pandemic, you thought there were still things you could do. There wasn't. Um. So like I literally lost like everything football related. Like I couldn't do any of it. Like I didn't have a season. And then we were like, oh, 2021, everything will be fine. Right. And it wasn't because we played in like the early parts of the year. So like none of the indoor facilities were open, so mm-hmm. we couldn't run anything. Yeah, I lost another whole season of playing girls yeah. lost another whole season of playing the boys though, got to run in 2021 and 2022, just because of the time of year they right. could play outside. Right. So li- like quite literally everything football related for me fell apart uh-huh. and ended up being this, like me trying to rebuild things, but it's an important piece to tell because And I've spent a lot of time reflecting on it because in a way, had all of that not fallen apart the way that it did, I don't know if I would have been able to take on this opportunity because I would have had too much on the go. Right, right. So I got a call early February. Yeah, early February. What year? Um, 2022. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I got a message from my old Team Canada teammate, Laurence. Uh, she had actually been working with CFL head office since the event in 2018. And she said, Hey, like, would you be interested in interviewing for a position? You'd have to move to Vancouver. And I was like, yes. Like I didn't even, I just like, there's no hesitation. You didn't didn't blink. It was like, yep, let's do the interview. And I mean, I think part of that was like being like, this is probably too good to be true, but like, let's see where this goes. Sure. So she connected me with Rick. I interviewed and then Rick Lollisher. No, no, Rick Campbell. Okay. Cause Lollisher, I think Rick Lollisher was the president at the time. But anyways, yes, Rick yeah, Lollisher yeah, yeah. was the president. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so yeah. who, so who, Rick, who? Rick Campbell. And our he, head, coach. head coach. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, this is how much I know about football. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get all the Ricks. <laughs> yeah. All the Ricks. Yeah. Yeah. They they wanted to they yeah they wanted to change your name to Ricky okay so you end up 
doing the interview with Rick and and what was that experience like like did they fly you out was it on Zoom like how did you do that So the interview was on Zoom um it was it was an interview I mean like I was I was very nervous because immediately I was like I don't know enough about football mm. like that was that was my first thing and I literally I remember the like two days leading up to it I was like it was like I was trying to cram for a test I was just like reading all of this stuff. And it was like, I was like, I need to know everything. Like I thought in my brain that I could teach myself everything I needed to know that I felt like I didn't know that I didn't actually need to know in like two days. Right. And then like the football stuff was like, not really the topic of the interview, which as it should be, especially for a position where it's like people, a lot of people when I got the position didn't recognize like this is an entry level position. Right. Like this isn't a position that someone with like 20 years of coaching experience is coming in and right. taking. This is a build this is a entry level building block position. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So yeah, the interview <clears throat> in the end went good. Um he called my referrals, uh, who told very consistent stories, uh, which is obviously a huge positive and I'm very grateful for like people being able to recognize who I am as a person and being able to communicate that and that coming across consistently, which is like when it comes down to it, like what other people can say about you goes a lot further. I mean, in my mind than like what someone can say about themselves. In absolutely. The absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And as an employer, it's a good combo. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I always look at interviews and I go, that's your time to brag about yourself, you yeah. know? And in Canada, it's kind of the, one of the only times it's acceptable to brag about yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're a humble, we're a humble, you know, country, but you are correct. I mean, if you have good references, if you have people that are speaking highly of you and, 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 uh, your gifts, your, your talents, you as a human being, most importantly, because I guarantee you that that's what that interview was as much as anything else. They wanted to know what, who, who Tanya was as a person, you know, mm -hmm. um, as a teammate, as someone who's going to want to come in and learn, right? Mm -hmm. So they do the references, and then what? You get the call. You get like how you know? Yeah, I get the call. I remember I was specifically I was driving on 170th Street North, okay. <laughs> and I had to like I saw Rick calling me, so I answered it on my Bluetooth, not yeah. my phone. Thank you. Thank you. Driving, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I do know police officers and they could ticket you. So thank you for being exactly. Clear. Yeah. yeah. I've already been down that road once. I don't want to go there again. <laughs> yes. so, <same> um, <laughs> so I pull over and I like have this conversation with Rick and I just, I remember sitting there and just like kind of in shock. Right. Like it all of a sudden became real. Like it was like, cool. Someone told me I had this opportunity. Cool. I interviewed for this opportunity. Cool. They said nice things about me, but like until it was like real and even then like it hit me, but it didn't really hit me until it became like public. Right. Um, I was like, I'm going to Vancouver. Yeah. I'm coaching. This is like, and it was like, Rick's like, you don't, please don't tell anyone. Like you can tell friends and family, but like, we obviously want to like announce this properly. No leaks. Like, okay, cool. So then, yeah. Like, so, so then your best friends tweeting it out. You're like, what the hell are you doing? We said, no, just kidding. Just kidding. No, I was like, I was afraid to tell people. I was like, you know what? I'm going to like really not tell anyone. But it was so hard because I think I found out on like, let's say it was like a Thursday or Friday. And then they, we had 
planned that day too i was flying out the next like tuesday or something okay. or monday because like, uh, yeah because i was gonna say i'm assuming that they did like a a press conference because this was a big deal wasn't it mm-hmm. that the first female full-time coaching staff in the cfl like did they like did they make a big deal out of it and if so was that uncomfortable for you You know, I think, and like, obviously I'm like speaking for people, but like, I actually think, and like, even I believe this as well. Like I was like, oh yeah, like it'll hit the news and like, I'll do a couple interviews. Like, like it's, it'll be big ish. Um, I didn't really expect it to like get as big as it did. Like I didn't expect to be on TSN. I didn't expect like the gist to do a story. I didn't expect to do as many interviews as I did. I didn't expect my phone to blow up the way that it did. Right. Like I remember sitting in Rick's office and I looked at my phone and I was like, I just put it back down because I was like, I don't even know yeah. what to do with this. How am I like, going to respond to that many text messages? Yeah. yeah. Like, and I, I still like, I'm pretty sure like I, there was messages I never responded to because I just got so overwhelmed and I was like, I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like it, it was really like, it was really big. Um, it didn't really bother me. Like I had been <clears throat> on the news for other things before starting girls sure, football team. Sure. Canada. Um, a pioneer. Like, You're a pioneer. Me? You were on the news for being a pioneer, but now this is, yeah. Yeah. And like interviewing for me and public speaking doesn't really bother me. I'm very grateful that my parents put me in 4-H, yeah. which is like ultra country and like most people are not going to know what that is google it yeah (laughs) Uh, they put me in that growing up so i was like forced to do public speaking because that's a big part of it and at the time i hated it i hated everything about it but like literally i remember i was sitting somewhere about to do an interview and i'm like you know what really glad my parents put me in that because like i wouldn't have been able to handle all of this yeah yeah um without that so yeah, like it, it went pretty smooth. Yeah, like, that's very was, cool. Yeah. Now, I, 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 in doing some research on you, and, and I read another article, you had said that you were you were pleasantly surprised at how the transition into onto the team um, was just very smooth. Like it wasn't you were used to some of the other stuff, like we talked about earlier with those high school boys, and with you know just looking at you like, what's that girl doing here? You said it was really good with with uh, the pro athletes, with the, the professional coaches, with the professional staff of the BC Lions. Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think really it all started with like how Rick handled it, our head coach, and like how he communicated it. Like he never made it a big deal. Like it was like, no, she's the best person for the job, and like right. this is what it is, which yeah. I think like is very important actually because. Yeah. I mean, like my opinion is if like you're constantly trying to draw attention to something, it just like doesn't sit well with mm. people. Like it's like, oh, look, we have the first sheet. Like it's like you look, it becomes like it, it looks tokenized. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's something that I like. Yeah. You want is, nothing to do with that. No, yeah. no. And it's obviously like a difficult thing to navigate. And there's yeah. a lot of conversation that could be had around that. But like Rick handled it very, very well. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's obviously worked in the CFL for a really long time and he's seen people that he know, he knows females that he knows that have worked in positions, um, not in coaching, but other spaces in the CFL. So like he was familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's where your culture starts. Like any, any team cultures had like head coach down, trickle down, so, trickle down. Right. 
trickle down yeah. very quickly because yeah. I'll, I'll we'll wrap up soon because I feel like I'm taking so much time. But I could just talk into. I just think it's so cool because um, I love sports. And again, I don't love. I'm not a hardcore football guy, but I just love the 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 athleticism of every sport. What what what's a typical day look like for you as a coach? And what are you coaching? Is it the D line or the O line? What is it? <laughs> So I came on as the defensive assistant. Okay. So the first two years I spent like with all of the positional groups, okay. so I got to kind of bounce around again, like more from a learning perspective, like really getting to dig in and like see everything, which was awesome. This year, my position has slightly changed. So I still like have my defensive assistant responsibilities, but I'll actually full on be with the defensive backs as an assistant coach. Okay. So one thing, one position, yeah. uh, also the position that I was the least familiar with as a player, because that was a position I never played. Right. So I know a couple people were a little surprised when I was like, they're like, well, what position like would you like to? And I was like, defensive backs. Yeah. Okay. Smart. Learn it all. <laughs> yeah. Learn it all. Yeah. Uh, but like I've been very lucky. Like I work with some amazing, amazing coaches. And, you know, to have the opportunity to work with Ryan Phillips in like a more like week to week capacity. I'm really looking forward to and learning from him. Uh, so that's like kind of position wise where I'm at responsibility wise, uh, a lot of film work, yeah. obviously yeah. a lot of coding, a lot of, um, I took on like editing our playbook and stuff and like making it nice. I made a very beautiful playbook <sighs> last year, very yeah. consistent. Uh, that's something like one of my hidden talents, I guess, is like yeah. graphic design. Nice. Um, <laughs> so for me, like what it was is like, it was a really easy way for me to learn through like repetition was just like looking at things and building them out over and over again. So that was a big thing, but like all of our kind of like paper stuff and uh, game day, I'm up in the box tracking stats all of that yeah yeah Very i mean cool. like day-to-day -day, people are always like what's your day-to-day -day? and i'm like well is it day one is it day four is it a game <laughs> right day? right um, because yeah. like literally they're like all very very different yeah no absolutely absolutely right time of the year depending on the day um this has been a great conversation tan you you really have done some amazing amazing things and and i mean you know you talked about you know you didn't know you're gonna get interviewed here i mean you had did you know, right, when you were just a, a young person that you would end up one day on the Relentless Podcast? I mean, this is a big deal. This is a big it deal. Is. It is. I yeah. had no idea that this was coming. Yeah, and either did we when you were, because we've only, you know, been doing this for a year and a half. But we're so <laughs> thankful that you've come on. Now, there is something, and I don't know, I, I'm assuming you haven't listened to other episodes. You should, though. They're fantastic. And I want everybody to go and listen to other episodes of the Relentless Podcast. But uh, we do a little something here called the Relentless Quiz. And it is a quiz that we have created to really find out if our guests are relentless. Are you ready to take the relentless quiz, Tanya? I'm excited. I love a good surprise quiz. Okay, nice. A little weird, but okay. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> go we're gonna go with that. Here we go, Tanya Henderson. Here we go. Fruits or vegetables? Vegetables. City or countryside? Fifty-fifty. I'm gonna call duality on that. Okay. And both. Okay, I'll let you call that. I'll let you call duality. <laughs> Dirty bathroom or dirty kitchen? I'm not letting you call duality on that. You have to pick one. Dirty, I like, which I I prefer a dirty kitchen over a dirty bathroom. Okay, that's what we need to know. 
That's what we need yeah. to know. Okay, sounds good. Salty or sweet? Salty. We have just found out that you are not a sweet uh, into sweets because you didn't want fruit and you didn't want sweet. Okay, now we'll find out more yes, later, yeah. but it's interesting. <laughs> Morning or night? Morning. But that, like, are you like early riser? Yeah, like three thirty-four. What? That's yeah. not morning. That's nighttime. Yeah. So it's you the best time of day. What are you talking about? So you so you don't get up in the morning. You get up at night. What do you do? You seriously get up at three thirty or four o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And do what? Start my day. Good lord! Like you're, I'm assuming you're a workout person because you're a personal trainer and all that. So you probably work out. No, then, I don't work out in the morning. Actually, I'm not no? a big. I, I'll do yoga in the morning, but like I'll get up. Do some journaling. I'll hang out with my dog. Take him for a walk in the dark because there's no one else out there. What time do you go to bed at? Like eight thirty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Grandma. Okay, so that <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now, maybe this is the farm way. Is this the is this the farm way? Okay, that yeah. makes sense to me now. And actually, I do. I've heard many times. From people, and I actually know a few people that are very successful, and they get up at four in the morning, and it's like I'm just much more productive and like useful first yeah. thing in the morning. As soon as like four p.m. rolls around, I'm like ready for bed. Well, yeah, you would be. Yeah, right? you would be. I wonder. If I mean, I haven't trends. always been this way. Like I've went full circle. Like I used to be years and years ago. I would still be awake at three thirty. Right. Right. But now I wake up at three thirty. Just pounding shots. No, just, we won't go into all your party days. Okay. Um, <laughs> We got to get back to the quiz. Why did you take us down this <laughs> rabbit hole? Uh, favorite comedy movie? Ooh. Probably Get Him to the Greek. Oh, that is a great movie that nobody yeah. has ever said on here. And not a lot of people. That is an underrated movie. Yeah. Like comedy. Like that, I think, just like. That one is pure gold. It like, is a, a lot funny of comedy movie. movies, but that's the one that like stands out to me. And I think like if I'm like, oh, I need to watch something funny. And that's with that's Russell Brandt and Jonah Hill. And yeah, okay. Nice yeah. call. Nice call. I like that. I like that. Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Okay. Phone in the bathroom or no phone in the bathroom? No phone in the bathroom. Come on now. Come on. I don't know if I believe that. I think everyone does. But uh, listen, okay, I, I don't know you well enough, so I don't want to, like, you know, ruin our relationship over that. Favorite love song of all time? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, probably something country. Okay. That's a really. It's a really good question. Yeah, it would be something country. I can think. I can think of the song, but I can't think of. Sing it. Called. Sing it, Tanya. Go can't ahead. even think about the words. I just no. know what hum it, it is. Hum it. What does it sound like? If I remembered, I would hum it. Oh wow! I don't okay. know. I. It's definitely something country. Something country. Something yeah. country. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll we'll leave it at that. It might skew the results a little bit. But we'll leave it at uh, that. Two more questions. Uh, second last question. Cake or pie? Mm, cake. Cake. Nice. Nice. Last question before we uh, before we let you go. Describe your relentless podcast experience 
in four words. Surprising. Positive. Thought-provoking. Does that can it be one? That word? can be one or two okay. if you can't think of a fourth word. And zesty. Zesty. I love it. Those are great words, and I'm glad you described it that way. I've really enjoyed getting to know you here. You, it's been really great. I really enjoyed this. Good. You are, um, you're 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 awesome, and you are relentless. You passed this quiz. Good for you. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I was not, worried about that. Not, not that we ever, no one's ever failed. It's it's fun to get to know people through those questions, but I feel like we got to know you fairly well, Tanya, and you you've lived a cool life. You've and and I really like that you're you're actually quite casual about a lot of the things that you talked about, and it's not in a you know a, a, an aloof way. It's just more of a this is my life. This is mm-hmm. what I had to do. This is yeah. It's all. It's, <laughs> Like we look at it and go, this is so cool. And you're like, is it that big of a deal? It's just what I've done. And I really think that's cool. But you are a relentless person. I think that you've done some incredible things um, for all young people to look up to and to admire. And I just wish you nothing but continued success. Um, now that that we've had this, I am going to follow your career now because – It'll be so interesting. And I'm a new football I, fan. Listen, yeah, I'm not much of a football person. And let's be honest, the Elks kind of, you know, they're struggling. Uh, maybe. I'll tell you what. I'll send you a relentless hoodie. You send me a cool BC Lion shirt like you're wearing right now. I'll become a BC yep. Lion shirt. Done. Yep. Done. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll start wearing the colors. I'll go hardcore. Sounds good. I'll and go like hardcore. if you ever go to an Elks game, you have to make sure you wear our Yes, I would. Yeah. I would. Excellent. Because I, I have no uh, – now, listen, I'm not – you're listen. You're from Alberta, so I'm assuming you're not a Canucks fan. I'm not really a hockey fan. Okay, just say no to the Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay. um, and yeah. Okay, we uh, where can are you on social media? Are like, do you do any of that stuff? Can we find you on there if people want to find you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Instagram. X, I X, guess it is. Twitter, Twitter, X, yeah. And what do you <laughs> It have? doesn't roll off the tongue I quite know. the same. I know. Um, at, it's Tanzmania32, so T-A-N-Z-M-A. People will find it. Tanzmania32. Tans, I like that. Tanzmania32. That is awesome. Folks, look up Tanya. Check out her story even more. So thank you so much for being here, Tanya. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And folks, if you want to find out about You Can Youth Services, if you listen to this a lot, you know where to go. W, actually, I'm supposed to say www.ucan.ca. That's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. And uh, yeah, we have our comedy nights coming up here too right away. Uh, so make sure you check that out on our website. And folks, we are really, really wanting to increase our monthly donors for our organization. So if you listen to this podcast on the regular, or if you are a first-time listener and you think it's great, please become a monthly donor, $25 a month. It doesn't cost you much. It's 87 cents a day. It's not too much, and you can really have a big impact in the lives of the many vulnerable young people we work with. So again, check us out. Folks, thanks for listening, and until next time, be relentless. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. 
Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.